It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to the MLB Pipeline Podcast with your host, Ed Randall. Happy holiday to those celebrating the Jewish holidays. Hi, everybody. I'm Ed Randall, and welcome to the MLB.com Pipeline Podcast. I'm joined by our draft and minor league experts, Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. Jonathan also serving as our troubadour. The uh, postseason is almost here, and uncertainty reigns. Just look at the American League. Toronto and Kansas City, acknowledged as the two best teams in the league, are in. The Yankees look like they'll be returning to the playoffs after an absence of a couple of years, but it's a dogfight among Minnesota and Houston and Texas nipping at each other's heels. Guys, who are the rookies playing key roles in the pennant chase? Jim, we'll start with you first. Well, I mean, I I think we saw one last night. We just want to talk about these guys on a team-by-team basis. We, we saw one play a big role last night, Slate Heathcott, uh, the oft-injured former Yankees first-round pick hit a, hit a game-winning home run in the ninth inning in Tampa Bay. I, I don't think he'll play the most prominent role in the Yankees, although he certainly did last night. But with Mark Desherry injured, Ed, I mean, Greg Bird has kind of taken over an everyday job in the lineup, and he's hitting for power and, and, and drawing walks, which are the two things he does best. And Luis Severino, really, since they called him up after not trading him at the trade deadline, has been, for all intents and purposes, their best starting pitcher. You know, maybe looking a little bit tired his last two starts in September, but I think, you know, assuming the Yankees hold on to their lead, which is three games right now in the wild card race, if they hold on to that lead, I would expect Greg Bird and Luis Severino to play major roles in the postseason as well, October and September. Jonathan, what do you think? Yeah, I uh... When I saw Slade Heath got homer, I mean, he was one of those guys that I think uh, most people had just assumed would end up on that that scrap heap of, of guys who had tremendous tools and, and never made it. In fact, when he got called up to begin with, I was like, Slade Heathcott? Really? I, just because of how often he's been injured, uh, every time he's back on the field, it's like he's starting over again and, and never really was productive regularly. Uh, at the minor league level, uh, you know, but I think yeah, he, that uh, his role is going to be limited. I think uh, Jim hit the the Yankees guys on the head. I'll throw in Jason Shreve, who's uh, you know uh, has been a very very productive member of their bullpen, and and as a rookie this year, is you know not a guy who gets a, a lot of buzz, uh, you know, as a lefty out of the out of the pen, but uh, has helped solidify things uh, for for the Yankees from the left side. Uh, what about the uh, other clubs, Jim? Well, I think the one, the, the team that that has probably the, the most rookie uh, influence as it comes down the stretch is probably the Twins. They're a game out in the wild card race right now. They they haven't gone away, but I mean they've got three everyday players who are rookies, including two elite prospects. Uh, Miguel Sano has been unbelievable since he's been up. I mean he's been. Every bit, you know, he's probably been at bat for at bat the best rookie hitter since the Twins have called him up. 
They've got Byron Buxton, who's still number one on the MLB Pipeline Top 100 Prospects list because he, he still he hasn't gone over the 130 at-bats. Uh, that, that would graduate him to the big leagues, but Byron Bucks is playing every day, and then he kind of overshadowed a little bit. Eddie Rosario is also an everyday player for them. So they've got three guys in their lineup, one of their best starters in the last uh, you know, month and a half after a, a very rocky first big league game. But, but, but since then, Tyler Duffy has been one of their best starters. I, I don't think anybody necessarily expected him to, to play that role. If you'd look to their farm system come into the year, I think you would have counted on maybe Alex Meyer or Jose Barrios being that rookie starter, but he's been very good. And, and Trevor May has also done a nice job on the bullpen. So I, I think the Twins probably have as much rookie influence as any of these, these American League teams that are fighting for playoff spots. So no, 16 home runs in his uh, first uh, uh, 207 at bats. <laughs> his uh, 957 OPS is tops among American League rookies, and a leading reason why the Twins might return to the postseason for the first time since 2010. Jonathan, who's catching your eye? Yeah, I think uh, you know. Well, one thing that surprised me is that you know that since Buxton has come back, uh, that he is playing as regularly as uh, as he has, and I keep you know waiting for him to sort of. I don't know, figure things out is maybe a little unfair, but maybe be a little more productive. I think it speaks more to what their options uh, in center field are uh, or where they think the best uh, option in, in center field is. And, uh, you know, Trevor May is an interesting guy because he was a guy throughout his days as a prospect. Uh, the question always was, well, is he going to end up in the bullpen eventually? And, you know, he actually made it up as a starter and, and did some – halfway decent things as a starter, but since he's been moved into the bullpen, uh, he's overall pitched very well. Uh, 31 strikeouts and 26 in the third innings, a 308 earned run average. Uh, you know, not walking guys, uh, only six walks, and, and that's uh, had been a thing that had been uh, troubling for him uh, uh, throughout his career as a starter, and the power stuff plays up uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, but I like the fact that guys like Taylor W. you know, have been so – uh, impactful. You know, it's not always the big name guys. Uh, Sano is maybe a bit of an exception in terms of what we're talking about today in the American League in terms of the sort of high profile guys who've come up and made this huge impact. But a lot of times it's the, the Duffies uh, and, you know, and the Slade Heathcoffs, Slade Heathcoffs with the pinch hit home run. Uh, the, the guys that step up and, and do big things down the stretch, uh, whether or not they end up playing regular roles or, or end up on playoff rosters is another matter altogether. But uh, it is interesting to see what the, the, the Twins are doing. And that's without the one guy, I think, Jim, you would agree with me, you know, the one guy that we think should be up uh, in Jose Barrios who could really uh, help out that pitching staff uh, down the stretch. But uh, the, the Twins have decided – uh, maybe because of the amount of innings he logged to, to, to not call him up. But with them being as close as they are, uh, I'm a little surprised that they haven't called to, that they hadn't called him up to, to help out that pitching staff. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think what happened, I mean, just looking at it from the outside, but I, I think this was a team that probably didn't expect to contend this year, never thought they'd have a situation where they'd be contemplating what do we do with Jose Barrios, both in terms of managing his innings. You know, he's pitched a career high in innings this year, over 160. And in the fact that he doesn't have to be added to the 40-man roster until after the 2016 season. I, I think you know, their contention kind of snuck up on him a little bit, and they never really had a plan as to, you know, coming into the year as to what to do if, if Barrios, you know, if they contended. 
you know, looking back at this, and again, it's hindsight, it's 2020, but I mean, if you're going to let him pitch 160 plus innings, I don't see why you let him, you know, even if you're going to shut him down at a point, you know, we were not even going to get into the whole Matt Harvey situation, right. but even if you're going to shut Berrios down at a specific inning number, why not call him up and have him pitch some of those innings in the big leagues? Why not, if when you when you know in June that you're contending, you know, maybe you don't know how long it's going to last, but you're contending, you know, maybe you skip a start once a month with Barrios. Maybe you limit him to five innings, you know, just to save some innings. I, I, I'm with you. I think that could have been handled better. And, you know, right now they're a game outside the playoffs. Their starters spent most of August getting shelled while Barrios was, was pitching very well in AAA. And, you know, if the Twins wind up missing out in the playoffs by a game or two, I think, you know, we, you and I, we've asked this question. We could continue to ask it, Jonathan. You know, why didn't they call up Jose Barrios? And would it have made the difference? Because he might have made a difference of a game or two. Let's uh, look at the rookies in the context of uh, contending teams uh, for the next three weeks. Jonathan, the guys that you're looking at who might have the most impact over the remainder of the season. Well, I think uh, the two teams we haven't really talked about yet are the, you know, are the, uh, the AL West, which has suddenly become this huge, uh, this huge, really fun to watch race between the, the Astros and the Rangers, and uh, obviously both teams have. Uh, relied uh, to a certain respect uh, on, on prospects. Um, you know, let's talk about the Rangers. Um, you know, it's, and it's interesting. This is an aside and not necessarily for this podcast. I remember when they traded for Cole Hamels and everyone was thinking, well, I guess that's more a move for next year. And here we are. And uh, they're right in the thick of things. But, uh, you know, I think it's been interesting to, to see the the contributions they've gotten over the, over the course of the year. Delano DeShields, uh, has been one of the more impactful Rule Five picks, I think, in recent memory. Playing, you know, every day in center field. Uh, Chichi Gonzalez has made an impact uh, on the pitching staff. Uh, they even brought, you know, Luke Jackson up, and he's tried to help out of the bullpen. And uh, the guy that I think is sort of interesting to watch is Joey Gallo, who came up uh, immediate impact, then you know looked kind of like I think people expected him to look. Uh, in terms of being a little overmatched, a lot of swing and miss, obviously. And since he's been back up, he's homered once. It was the one game where he you know, started and got four at-bats, and he's been using the pinch-hitting role, which, you know, if you catch lightning in the bottle on the right at-bat, he's you know he can change the game with one swing. But, you know, I was looking. He's had 16 at-bats in September so far, uh, and he's collected 10 strikeouts. So, I you know, I don't know that he's the kind of guy who – Playing every so often, one at bat, it's going to work for him just because of all that that swing and miss. But he, he to me is the the guy that uh, is fun to watch anytime he, you do see him come up in the on deck circle, just because uh, he has that potential to turn to to change the game so quickly with with his power. I don't I don't know, Jim, if you think that that kind of role works for for a guy like that just because he 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 does swing and miss so much. Yeah, it's not it's not optimal, obviously, because he does. So, you know, it's when he came up to the big leagues for the first time. You know, he hit for power and he struck out a ton. Then he went to AAA where he hadn't played before. He was in AA before his promotion, and, and really, you know, hit occasional home runs, but struck out a boatload. He's always struck out, but he struck out a ton. And and I don't think this is a situation where they're counting on him for a whole lot. I mean, they're, they're contending right now. They are. Uh, you know, half game out of the AL West lead, and they would claim the the final wild card spot by half game. 
uh, you know, and, and so it's a situation where I think you just have him on hand for, like you said, Jonathan, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe you have a situation where you need a three-run homer and you pinch hit him. You know, and, and the odds are when Joey Gallo comes up, he might hit that three-run homer, or and if he doesn't, he's probably going to strike out. But, you know, Adrian Beltre is a better player than he is right now offensively and defensively. So you're, you're just not in a situation where you can give him regular at-bats. You know, one more Ranger who's – who's probably worth mentioning, and he's had a real nice year as a rookie, is Keone Kella, uh, the, the relief pitcher. He was kind of the talk of spring training. He was spectacular. He's really had a nice year, ERA of 2.57, very solid year uh, in you know, pitching kind of middle relief for the for the Rangers. So there's another guy. It's, uh, it's interesting because I think uh, – you know the Rangers have had you know one of the best farm systems you know coming into the season and it's depleted now. But you know as Johnson said, I mean they they were able to trade a bunch of guys to get Cole Hamels, five of their their top thirty prospects. Before the season, they put together a prospect package to get Yovani Gallardo, and they also added uh, Will Venable uh, for for a kind of fringy prospects. So the they, they probably of these four teams have fewer rookies making an impact right now, but. They were able to use, you know, a lot of their best prospects, or a lot of their top prospects, right. to go out and make some significant, uh, uh, significant acquisitions. You know, the, the team, the Astros, you know, who they have, have faded a little bit here, but they're they're still hanging on. You know, half game lead uh, right now in the uh, in the AL West, and I think it's a game and a half over the Twins uh, for the final wild card spot if it came to that. You know, Carlos Correa, you know, one of the front runners for uh, American League Rookie of the Year. Um, Lance McCullers has probably been the best rookie pitcher uh, in the American League as well. Those two guys continue to play key roles uh, for the Astros, and a couple guys in, in complementary roles who, who've had nice seasons for them. Preston Tucker, power—you know—he's kind, of, kind of their fourth outfielder right now. Big home run in their, in their, their big rally, five-inning, uh, five-run rally, ninth inning on Sunday. And, and Vincent Velasquez, who, who came up this year, I think, a little unexpectedly, and pitched pretty well. As a starter, now that they've acquired Mike Fires, he's being used in a bullpen role. But uh, you know they've got four rookies playing prominent roles as they try to, you know, go from having the worst record in baseball three straight years to the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, Tucker is uh, the kind of guy who uh, I could see him. Be, you know, we talk about Gallo and how it's not optimal in terms of that pinch hitting role, but I, I could see Tucker being the kind of guy just because he's got a decent approach at the plate. Uh, he doesn't necessarily have to play every single day for him to, to contribute. I could see him, and he's got some, some power as well, uh, and, uh, you know, in, in terms of what he can do. And you know, Velasquez was really good out of the bullpen initially. He's gotten beat up uh, initially. Uh, one guy we should mention who got was a September call was Michael Feliz, and, uh, you know, not necessarily a guy, again, who's going to land on the postseason roster, uh, but it, I think any time when you get to the end of the season, you have a guy who can come out of the bullpen and 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 just give you more options. And he's thrown he's thrown pretty well. Uh, you know, struck out four and three and two thirds innings. He's only given up one hit. Uh, and I wonder if he's the kind of guy that if he shows uh, an ability to get some big outs, whether or not his role could grow for the rest of September at least in, in terms of getting uh, high leverage innings uh, to to get some some key hitters out along the way. Boy, who would imagine a year like this where we spend so much time talking about all these impactful rookies and the effects that they could have as we go down the stretch here until the uh, regular season ends. Thank you both. And on behalf of Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis, I'm Ed Randall. Thanks for listening to the MLB.com Pipeline Podcast.